as you get older, things just get more difficult. You know, it's just harder to gain muscle or lose weight or run faster or lift more, any of those things. It's just the way it is. It's just aging, right? Maybe not. We're going to take a look at that on today's episode of the Movement Movement Podcast, the podcast for people who want to know the truth about what it takes to have a happy, healthy, strong body, usually starting feet first, because you know those things are your foundation. We're going to break down the mythology, the propaganda, sometimes the outright lies you've been told about what it takes to run or walk or hike or play or do yoga or CrossFit, whatever it is you enjoy doing, and to do that enjoyably, efficiently, effectively. Did I mention enjoyably? I know I did. Because if you look, if you're not having fun, please just do something different so you are. Life's way too short. And we call it the movement movement because we're creating a movement that's going to involve you. I'll tell you how in a second. Not a big deal about movement, about natural movement, using your body naturally, the way it's made to move and to be enjoyed. And the movement part that's involving you is, you know, this is a grassroots kind of thing. So if you haven't checked out previous episodes, if you're new to us, go to www.jointhemovementmovement.com. You'll find the previous episodes. You'll find all the places you can find the podcast, all the places to interact with us on YouTube and Facebook, etc. And then like and share and subscribe and give us a thumbs up and ring the bell on YouTube. You know how to do it. In short, if you want to be part of the tribe, please subscribe. All right, more about all that later, but let's jump in. Rodrigo, a pleasure to have you here. And uh, why don't you tell people who the hell you are and what the hell you're doing here? <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. It's a pleasure for me to be here. So my name is Rodrigo. My last name is Gallego, originally from Argentina, from a town called Mar del Plata. I am a movement coach, a natural movement coach, not very much like your typical gym person. I don't have a gym membership. I haven't been in a gym in forever, but I like to move and I like natural movement. And it is my passion to help people move better okay, and see movement maybe in a different way. Sure. Well, before I ask you the question, different how, which will be the first question, um, just for the people who've been watching this podcast, yes, this is a weird background for me. My wife and I just moved into this new house we're still renovating. This is one of the two rooms in the basement that we are the only two rooms we get to use right now. So FYI, and that's why the lighting is crap also. So my apologies, but that's the way it is. Anyway, okay, so move different. So say more about that, please. Well, moving different is in a way that I feel like most people are just used to training on training hard, not thinking so much in what's happening with the body when they are doing that. It's about, you know, maybe adding volume, adding intensity, pushing harder and lifting harder. But it's like, how are you really moving? You Mm -hmm. know, so I like to go one step before that because I I mostly work with people my age and up. I'm 46. So it's around 40 and 50. You know, our bodies are very resilient and they can deal with a lot of stuff through many years. But then it's a time that the body, you know, starts talking to us. And if we don't pay attention, start yeah. talking louder and louder until it's, okay, dude, are you want to listen to me? And that's when things start breaking down and we have some injuries. And then what happens is we start to believe that it's just an age-related thing. Right. Right? So I like to think that it's not like that. And I like at least to open the possibility. Okay? It's like not just because I'm 40 or 50, whatever you are, that doesn't mean that you cannot move well Yeah, and continue enjoying life. It's funny. So I'm a competitive sprinter. There's a fitness guy that I know who wrote a book about how to be fit over 50. And he says, here's the things you shouldn't do. And every one of the things he says you shouldn't do is what I do. <laughs> 
that's <laughs> and that's completely fine. That's part of the thing. We need to do things that we enjoy, right? Yeah. But we need to understand that sometimes the things that we enjoy are also stressors, right? They're yeah. Gonna, yeah. You're putting a stress. Yeah. If you want to do those for long and do them well, right? Because if you want to sprint, you want to go fast, right? Or as fast as you can. Uh, <laughs> I, resent, I resent the implication that as fast as I can is not fast. But it's really cool that you're, I haven't met so many sprinters. And from what I know, I think you're 58 and you're sprinting. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, do you think you're going to be sprinting in 10 years from now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. See, that's yeah. what I like. You know, a lot of people will say, no, I'm going to be what? 65, uh, 68, yeah. and it's 18. No. That doesn't make sense. Some of the guys that I hang out with are 80. And, um, you know, they're obviously not as fast, but they are, they're training hard. They're doing well. They run well. And they're wonderful to hang out with. I mean, I've never met a sprinter that I didn't like because we're all insane, because we're working really hard for something that has no real, you know, value. We're not going to get prize money or anything like that. Um, and we're just going to get slower over time after you get past, you know, in your early to mid 60s. But we still do it anyway, and we're crazy competitive, knowing there's no value in this, which is sort of like being, you know, having a secret handshake. It's like, oh, you're an idiot too. Welcome to the club. And, <laughs> but, um, but really, there is value, right? Because it makes you happy. It's the most fun. I mean, part of it is, you know, I'll tell you, it's like going to Las Vegas because mm -hmm. it's intermittent reinforcement. You pull the handle, sometimes it works. You pull the handle, sometimes it doesn't. Okay. So like at the end of a race, when someone says, how'd you do? My answer is, do you want it with the excuse or just you a number? Uh, <laughs> the excuse if I could, because you can yeah. never perfectly. And that's very addicting. No, but having those things are very important in life. Yeah. You know, life has become so busy, so serious, so stressful in many ways that we need to find some activities or sometimes during the day that we enjoy. And what I see that happens many times is people have lost track of that. They feel like training is another chore, is something that you need to hate, but you have to do. Well, I used to joke, I joke about that. I go, kids, we used to play and now we work out. Yes. Just... I don't even like that word. Is pretty much not in my vocabulary because it yeah. has a really bad connotation, workout. I yeah. like playing, maybe training, maybe moving, but working out because everybody has that idea. Oh, I work out. I don't, I don't feel like doing that because yeah. most of the time, that's what I would say differently. Most of the time is you need to go hard. You need to really sweat. And tomorrow you need to feel sore. And that is that's the sign. Uh, the result. Oh, that was a good workout. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's so easy to do. You know, I can do that without thinking and make you like sweat and be sore tomorrow. But is that really the best use of your time? First, yeah. are you enjoying that? If I'm screaming next to you and telling you give me 10 more or do that, that's not <laughs> enjoyable, right? Yeah. And then if we're again talking about people that has a history of life we all carry with imbalances we all carry with like weak areas joints that don't move anymore i'm going to ask you to go super fast and hard that doesn't make much sense at least in my eyes you know there's different things for everybody and there's so many ways to get things done right but how i see it i like to first know that you don't need to suffer it shouldn't be a suffering time we need to make it in a way that you're looking forward doing it right? you, oh i want to go because I like to call it like recess time. You know, yeah. it's like you're sitting on the chair, you're stressing the computer, you're running around with so many things. We need to create a space that you can have a good time. 
So that will be the first prerequisite. Like, let's have a good time. Okay, then what do we do with that time? In my case, what I like to do is to help you figure out what are the things that are not working so well, that if we can improve a little bit, doesn't need to be a huge thing, but if we can start improving, I should start noticing how your body is moving or not, and we start working on that in a fun way, then the goal would be for you to keep sprinting even for longer. Because, you know, we clear up the path, we clear up the movement, so you move a little more efficient. And that's what we're after, you know, more efficiency in movement. So conceptually, this all sounds great. And at some point, I want to come back to sort of how you got to this, but I don't want to do that quite yet, because I can feel my own desire to about something I'm going to ask you about that I imagine other people listening or watching will have as well. Namely, can you give me an example of what you're talking about? So somebody comes in with something, what do they actually do with you? What are you doing technically, practically? Yeah. And also if you can, like, how is it different than you know what most people are calling functional fitness? Yeah, well, what I will do is I will see you moving, right? So let's start doing with some simple stuff. Let's do this. Let's imagine I come in, it's a typical runner thing, and I say, hey, my knees are bothering me. So yeah. what happens next? Well, we will like start on the ground. We will start with simple. I, I bring everybody to the ground because I feel the ground is where everything is safe. There's no much balance around. We can relax on the ground. And I always recommend people spend more time on the ground mm. because you're going to be moving in different ways. But we start from the ground, and then we will start doing simple movements. So we will, first, maybe we will see cross leg. We will start moving the neck, moving the shoulder, getting some spine. One of the things that gets very stiff is the spine. For mm. people are eight, you know, the spine doesn't move much. So then we need to start compensating there. Then we will get into some movement at the hips. That you, you know, oh, let's do this. Super simple. But I'm seeing, okay, you cannot move your hips. And then from there, then we will start doing some reaches. And then I see, okay, how is the foot connecting with the ankle? How is the ankle and the hip moving and the spine and then their shoulders? And then it's like, okay, that give me a nice picture of what's happening. You know, just from the 10, 15 minutes on the ground. And when you start seeing people, people, and people, and people, most of the time, there's a silver lining. You know, there's the stuff because our lifestyle is pretty much similar. You know, so we kind of do about the same. So you start, you know, the typical thing, the hips don't really move. So mm. there's not much activation of the posterior chain. Hamstrings and calves are super tight. So there's not much dorsiflexion of the ankles, feet. You know, I don't need to tell you about that, right? Feet yeah. are almost no part of our body. Like, they don't yeah. even want to show their feet. And it's like, how crazy are we as humans that we decide which part we like and which part are kind of embarrassing? And then yeah. we go, like, right? It's like so many times. Now, you know, people that are trained with me, it's like, oh, my God, take my shoes off, right? And all of them are wearing minimal shoes. And, but at the beginning, it's like, do I need to take my shoes off? Like, really? It's like almost like get naked, you know? It's, it's like, it's, bro, just take your shoes off. It's, it's, <laughs> a, joke. it's a joke that I've, I've, I've only said to certain people who know me well enough that they won't punch me when I say this. And I say something about taking off their shoes. They go, oh, I don't want people to see my feet. I go, trust me, that's not the worst thing they're going to see. Yeah, it's funny. Because why? You know, it's just yeah. something that started, and then we all continue. But it's like, what is the big problem you know, with the feet? I, I, I think there's something to it. I think that people know intuitively if they've been squeezing their foot into some shoe and it's not moving well. I think they know just, again, intuitively that something is wrong. It's not that they're embarrassed per se about what their feet look like. I think more often than not, 
if they're embarrassed by what their feet look like, it's because they know there's something not right. It's not just an aesthetic thing, but there's just something, it's like, I could be wrong, but I have a sneaky No, no, but that that makes sense because, yeah, the the people are very, like, worried about that. And I say, listen, imagine, like, since you were one year old, they will be putting, like, mittens on your hands. Yeah. Right? And on top of that, you were walking on your hands for 45 years. How will your hands work today? And it's like, oh, no. Well, that's what we've been doing to our feet for all this time. And then those are your foundation. If you have weak feet, how do you expect the rest of the chain, you know, ankle, knee, hip, spine, pelvis to work well? Like as soon as that chain, and it's the first chain, right? We start from the feet. Yeah. You are, we are bipedal, we're walking, we're running, we're jumping. If the feet are not there or not doing the feet work because they can't, then somebody else needs to do that job. Yeah. And then an ankle is not a foot. A knee is not a foot. So that's when we start messing up. So that takes, you know, start realizing that first and then say, okay, that makes sense that, you know, that sometimes that kind of hard step, like, oh, okay. And then I start exploring and I start feeling that. And then with time, the idea is, okay, now you're moving better. Now you are connecting more. And, and that's the feet. Then we start looking at the ankles and the knees and the hips and the spine. And then how those work together because we have become so disconnected to yeah you know and sometimes we train oh i'm gonna train the biceps i'm gonna train my legs but the body doesn't work like that it works right. all together i'm moving my arm and it's connect all the way back to my feet so everything is connected so doing more of that and understanding that and then becoming more connected and we become more connected then we can be more efficient there's someone, I wish I could remember who it was, who has a great line when someone wants to break down their body in parts. It's like, now we do arm day. Now we do leg day. Now we do back day. He's, you know, every day is heart day, right? <laughs> so, you know, it should be the same way with the rest of your body. Yeah. So, you know, you've done some analysis. And again, I know when people uh, hear that, they think, okay, that's great. But I mean, I'm not seeing you right now. So that doesn't help me. So can you give me an example or, or think about people who might be watching or listening? Um, if we move past the, the evaluation phase into the movement phase, can you give people any sort of examples of something that you would do with them or anything that they could do if they're yeah. watching this uh, The thing that I love and I can tell you so much and people can do anywhere is get on the ground, place your hands on the ground, knees and feet. And then from there, so that would be six points of support, right? I have two hands, two so, knees, two so, feet. So, so just so I have to tell you, um, just so I'm going to clarify this for people, because as soon as you should get on the ground, put your hands on the ground, I was imagining sitting and putting my hands next to my butt. But you're talking yeah. about being basically yeah. on your knees and then hands. I'm, I'm talking about the classic crawling position, right? Yes. Well, you will exactly. be in a crawling position, all four, but it's really six, right? So yeah, yeah. two hands, two knees, two feet. Yep. Now from there, from that position, press into the hands and you're going to tuck the toes under, right? So you're going to press hands and from the toes and you're going to try to lift the knees off the ground. So we go from six points of support to four points of support. That, if you look at any kid, it would be like, okay, so what? Now what, what do I do with this? For you, no problem. For many people, but that gives you an idea. Okay, if that just lifting the knees off the ground and you can try, it's like, okay, now I'm holding my body weight with these four. Yeah. That's a great way to see where we are. Because in that position, that is the most, that's how we learn how to walk, right? We were crawling yeah. first. So if that is hard, 
don't go and do snatches. Don't go and do, you know, because there's a problem there. Your foundation is not there. So that will be the first one. Just feel in the position, study, like isometric, hold that position. Okay, that is easy. Okay, now take it for a walk, take it for a crawl. And that's where you start, like, people are like, what? Like, <laughs> it's like, which leg do I move? Which arm? How? And that is like, okay, that's a great opportunity. Because if that is hard for you, you have so much to gain. Because everything that you are doing, you're doing without having that connection. Mm-hmm. And that's how we learn. So on the ground, and we start crawling, of course, I try to minimize the instruction there because I believe natural movement, you start realizing. Something doesn't feel right. And you maybe start making some adjustments. Some people take a long time to figure that out. And, and then I will say, okay, let me help you a little bit. <laughs> but some other will be like, we haven't done this in a very long time. But as soon, you know, if they play sports, if they move, if they have more body control, oh, they figure out. But you can see a lot from that. And that is the one movement that I would say, if for some reason I need to quit everything, mm. I can only choose one movement that I'm going to be doing, I'm going to probably do my crawling. So, and to be clear for people, so you're crawling, but your knees are off the ground. So you're craw- basically feet, you know, feet and hands. And yeah. so once that becomes simple for somebody, well, where does it evolve from there? No, and also I want to give you, if that is very hard, because it happens. Yeah. Oh, you don't sure. know who is listening, right? And if for some people that can be strenuous, and that is where I want to take them, you know, being able to do that. But if you cannot do that, then I will keep the six points of support. Okay. Meaning that if the hit, the knees don't hurt, you know, you will choose which surface. Grass will be a great one to start. Right. No sand. Sand is much harder. Right. <laughs> Unless right. it's hard sand by the, by the ocean. But soft sand, no, not recommended. And you can start crawling at six points. Okay. okay. That would be one. Another kind of regression will be when you are in your force, instead of keeping the knees close to the ground because you are holding more tension there, I will bring the hips up. I call it the bear. Uh-huh. So now there's less body weight to deal with. Some people will be, oh my God, my hamstrings, right? You are no, stretching. No, it's funny you say that because part of my warm-up is doing some bear walking. So basically, you know, hips as high as they can go, hands as close to my feet as they can go, and then crawling. And it's amazing. The first time I did it, I was really shocked at how much I felt that in my glutes and my hamstrings. Because it yeah. didn't seem like much, but you know, I did 20, 30 meters of that, and it's like, wow, that really yes. ended up That starts, starts adding up for sure. And then what you can start doing, then it's just playing. Because, okay, now the bear is fine. Okay, now do the bear forward and then backwards. And oh, like, what? Oh. I haven't now tried. Now you are upside down and you're going backwards. Where yeah, yeah. life we do that? And then you start like, oh my God, like even people that are very fit and connect. It's like, wait, wait a minute. How do I move now? So it's yeah. like playing with that mind and body connection. And, you know, where is your body in a space and how can I start? Because when we don't move in certain ways, the brain loses that ability, right? right. We don't use it. So then when you put it on the spot, it's like, okay, well, I don't have it. Well, we start practicing and then you start recovering that. So then another progression will be now we turn around. We are facing up, so more like a supine position, and we'll do the, the crab walk. Got it. So now, this one is a hard one, too, because yeah. the other one, if you do planks, if you do stuff, maybe the, that we do a lot for the front of the body, right? So most people have the front is stronger than the back. So right. maybe, oh, yeah, crawling is fine. Okay, now turn around <laughs> and then do some crab. And it's like sometimes they're glued to the ground. It's like, okay, how, you know? 
But of course, it's always with the attitude of opportunity. Because sometimes people will say, oh my God, I cannot believe it. Don't worry, that's great. Now we know. Now we know, and you can start addressing this. So then when you go and surf, when you go and play soccer, when you go on a spring, when you go the thing, your body is going to be more prepared. So, and crab walking, so again, you basically start sitting on your butt, feet on the ground, hands behind you, and then lift your butt off the ground and move in different directions. Now, I imagine that, you know, people hearing this, it might think, well, what does this have to do with either fixing some problem or getting stronger for what I'm doing? I mean, if someone's coming to you, they already have the idea that they're going to get helped in some way, so they're kind of willing to go for the ride. But say more about, you know, what this is doing. Part of what I notice, of course, is that what we've talked about so far, it's all contralateral. It's all working both sides of the body sort of in these diagonals, not just straight lines, not just single joints. And just it sounds like from what you're describing, that alone is a big part, that integration of both sides of the body and that coordination moving forwards and backwards or sideways as well, I can imagine. So all of this is just about getting things reconnected before you can start to address some specific thing that might show up afterwards. Yeah, for sure. You say perfectly. The whole idea is to start connecting the body, waking up those small stabilizers muscles so then the big muscles can do their job because most of the time we're compensating because we don't have that stability because we don't use it often enough. So start by going to the ground and being the whole body. You start connecting lower body, upper body. You start a lot of improving the communication between shoulders and hips. Those are two big engines of the body. Right. And they are meant to work together through the core, the 360, right? Because people think core just a six pack. Right. And it's like, well, that's such a, you know, it's a 360 from back sides working together. And if you see, when we start talking about the crawling, that is the same pattern that you use for your gait, for your run, for everything. So this is regressing, going back to the basics, how we learn how to walk. We learn it by that, by crawling. And then we start standing up, and then we are able to start walking. So going back to that, so we can start recreating that process that we did back then and doing now, and start recovering that. So then, yeah, as you say, it's across, contralateral, because right leg, left arm, and opposite, lower body and upper body. So the whole body starts connecting and working together. So that's the goal. You're reminding me, you know, this whole idea of going back to the basics is so interesting to me because we don't realize that over time we do come up with these compensating movement patterns. And the only way through that really, or the best way through that seems to be really going back to the beginning, starting from the beginning. And what, what I'm reminded of, so I was a gymnast way back when. By the way, we're both part of the long hair pulled back club. Yeah, I, I, like, I, like the, I like your style. <laughs> so, so I was a gymnast way back when, and my coach, when I had been, I had already been a very successful gymnast. And he said, this summer, we're going back to the basics and just doing round-offs. And I was so upset. I mean, it's like, but I'm doing all these other things. Like, we're going back to the basics. And he did this later with some Olympic-level gymnasts that he'd been working with, where he learned something about which direction you're supposed to turn when you're doing a round-off. And he discovered that half of his gymnasts were turning, quote, the wrong way. So he said to these Olympic-level people, we're going back to the basics for the next three months. The parents of these people were livid because you know they didn't see that as advancing but for both me and for these other gymnasts once they went back and cleaned up things that frankly we couldn't have done sooner because we weren't aware enough about what the basics really should have been like but once we after a couple months 
everything was better, even though we weren't working on any of those other things. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's where it's like, it's a little bit hard to make people understand that. You know, people want the, the quick fix. Yeah. They want a quick fix, but, but the body doesn't work like that. How do you get around that with people who are seeing you? I need to make it really fun. <laughs> I need so, to make it, you know, entertaining. And I do a lot of connecting and talking. I start understanding. And people, you know, understand. Some people are like, not ready yet. And it's fine, you know. But when they start like, okay, you told me that before. And I, that makes sense. And, and you come and it's like, oh, this feels good. And, you know, it's kind of like, like, I'm sure it's for you the same with people using minimal shoes. You know, it's like, it takes time, you know. Yeah, I hear that, but I know I'm so used to mine. And it's like, okay, that's fine. Let me tell you my part. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I cannot do, I don't do this to, you know, because money. or I do it because yeah. it's my passion to help people. So right. I want to tell you what I think. And then with that, you do whatever you feel like you need to do. But what I try to do is let's have fun with this. Let's enjoy it. And when you start reconnecting your body, when your body feels good, then life is much better. <laughs> it's true. Life well, is much better. And you don't need to stop because you're a certain age. Maybe you modify. And for me, it's when there's a moment that people click. Mm -hmm. You know, when it takes a while, and I, can, I know where they are, and you keep working, and you keep talking, and then there's click. And they send me videos. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm moving here. And it's like, you're not at the gym. You're not, it's not your training hours but you are moving. I say, okay, I did my job. Because, you know, it's not, there's 24 hours in the day. And we need to start adding more movement. Yeah. We cannot just think, I'm going to train for 45 minutes, one hour, and then I'm not going to do nothing all day. Because it doesn't work like that. So if you're someone who works at a desk job, you, I'm guessing that you're recommending, and I'm saying this half joking, yeah. that you're recommending that, you know, when they get up from their desk to go to the bathroom or to go Crawl. to get lunch, <laughs> walk, crab walk. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of the other ways when people come to see you that you things you do to make it more fun? What I say is, you know, start incorporating movement through the day. Yeah. Whatever it is. I always say, okay, when you're waiting for your coffee to be done, instead of being on the chair, why don't you do a deep squat? and wait there, okay? Or maybe balance on one leg. I'm someone, safe with that. Someone gave me one the other night that I had never thought of, which I love for a lot of reasons, but he says, when you go to the bathroom before you sit down on the toilet, do 10 squats. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's funny, and it's kind of a joke, but it's important. It's real. Yeah. It's really important. It's, you can start adding so much. Because in order to create this adaptation that we're after, yeah. you need to start training your body in that and it cannot be just three times a week for 45 minutes that then if you're going to sit for eight hours a day we're still in the negative yeah you know we so work do your thing when you finish some tasks go up and maybe take for a walk it doesn't need to be nothing like crawling if you crawl amazing but just go for a walk maybe have a kettlebell next to you and you do some deadlift you lift something heavy you carry take it for a go to the bathroom carrying a kettlebell like a suitcase carry you know <laughs> You gave me another idea. Um, so the physicist Richard Feynman got a dog and realized that when you're teaching a dog a trick, it doesn't know what you're saying. You can teach it to do anything and you can say whatever you want. So he would do something where he would throw a ball across the room and say, fetch, and the dog would run in the opposite direction, out the house, around the house. <laughs> and, and so I'm thinking, you know, same idea. It's like, if you want to do some more moving, when you're in an office, I'm thinking about my office because I actually do this. If I want to go to the bathroom, I can go the short road or I can take the long way around. Exactly. And sometimes I can take the long way around a couple times. It's, 
And when you start playing with that, then you start seeing a lot of opportunities. And it's kind of like, maybe I'm crazy and I'm weird, but it makes your life a little bit better, more interesting. Well, let's start with a simple thing. Yes, you are crazy and weird, but you know, you're, <laughs> you've got good company for that. I feel, I feel like we are, we're good. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have a problem with that one. So how did you come to all of this? What was your evolution to starting to do this? I was, you know, growing up, I was, you know, we used to play a lot, right? When we were kids, there was not much computer or anything. And I love sports since the, my first few years. I, I grew up in Argentina, so we all play soccer all the time. We were playing outside. Then I pick up tennis. Tennis was my sport. And that was, I don't know why, but my goal was to become a professional tennis player. And I said, I'm going to work super hard and I'm going to become, I remember thinking of Boris Becker. Remember yeah. Boris Becker? Sure. He won Wimbledon at 17. He had the record of the youngest player. I said, I need to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> and then I turned 16 and it's like, oh my God, I'm not like, this is like, there's something off. This yeah. is not going to happen. So then... That's when I stopped playing tennis, I started playing more soccer, and that's the only time in my life that I joined a gym. Mm. I didn't know what to do. I was 17, and my friends were going to the gym, it was a, and then I did like one year or year and a half of just bodyweight training, like not bodyweight, bodybuilding. Yeah. It was really weird, and you know, it was a dark cave and lived with other people, it was really weird, and that was the last time. And after that, I became a tennis coach. At that age, because I was talking with my coach, my last one, I said, man, what you do is so cool. Like, he said, oh, I'm going to go to work. And he was grabbing his racket. He said, I want that. <laughs> you know, that sounds like something I would like to do. So with his mentoring, I started coaching and I started coaching kids. And I realized that I'm good at this. I enjoy this. I like, at that time, I had much more patience and maybe I was even more fun. <laughs> so, you know, because with kids, it's a different story too. Yeah. So I started teaching and then I thought of, becoming a, a PE teacher. But then, I don't know, it was weird because then I realized this is so easy to me that maybe I shouldn't do that because, you know, you need to do something harder. So, and I was good with numbers. So I ended up going to college for accounting and economics. <laughs> Can you believe that? And I did four years full on and I was getting really good grades and I was moving forward really well. And then I saw, I'm, two years from graduating. I was like 22, 23. And then after that in Argentina, okay, you put your suit and you start doing taxes for companies. And, <laughs> and I was, I got really afraid that what's going on. And then I decided to start traveling. I stopped school. I was in the middle of a semester. I say, I'm going. And I took my racket. And then I realized that tennis is the same anywhere in the world. Right. Tennis is tennis. So I said, oh, I can teach tennis anywhere. This is before internet, right? Yeah, yeah. There was no internet. And that opened my eyes and opened the world. And uh, I stay on the road like this, like a nomad, teaching tennis in different places for like 10, 11 years. Oh, wow. Yes. And then besides that, you know, I was doing a lot of yoga. I was always, you know, swimming, running, surfing, doing all of those sports. I moved to teach tennis in Cozumel in Mexico. When I got there, I realized I was the scuba diving mecca. Yeah. I, I got no idea. I went there for tennis. And it's like, dude, everybody come here to scuba dive. <laughs> <laughs> so then I become a scuba diver instructor. And, you know, I, like, I went down and it's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And you can teach people and live here in the Caribbean. I, I'm doing this. So it was always like that. But then in those years, I really messed up my shoulder. And uh, I knew this was good. This is the thing. It's like 
people, they only seem to discover natural movement, especially discovering things about their feet when something goes significantly wrong. So I knew we were getting there, and here we are. Oh, yeah. So I was playing, you know, uh, this time I was living on another Caribbean island, and I was, you know, doing my job, but then I was surfing, I was playing beach volleyball. I was unbreakable in my head. Yeah. You know? But I was now, this is 27, 28, and my shoulder starting to hurt. And whatever, that's not going to stop me, right? So I continue doing everything like nothing. Right. Like, then it was getting worse and worse. There was one massage therapist on the island. <laughs> so I started going to him, and he was doing whatever he could, but things are, were not going better. And from there, went downhill and downhill and downhill. And then one day I say, I need to do something. Like, the things that I like to do, I cannot play beach volleyball. I can't tennis, forget it. Surfing, it really hurts. Man, this is not even 40. I'm not even 30. And my body was breaking down. Yeah. And that was a big awakening. I had to stop traveling. I went back to my hometown. Because already from being a kid playing tennis, I had tennis elbow, ankles issues, knee issues. So I was seeing a physical therapist over there. And then his son, that was my age, now he was the new physical therapist. So I said, dude, I'm done. And he said, yeah, you're done. So <laughs> let's, let's. And he was really good. And I stayed there for six months just getting treatment on my shoulder. And he was really good. But now I realize that he made me believe that we, we were fragile. Mm, interesting. So he said, no, this is not. So I started to feel very different. I wasn't unbreakable anymore. And I started to feel like, okay, now I need to take care of my body because my body is very fragile. So for a long time, I was only maybe swimming. And then I pick up yoga because, okay, that's a good way to take care of my body. There's not much things happening there. Okay, yeah. So I did that, and I like it. I discovered that it was really good. But then after the year, it's like, this cannot be it. I cannot, I, you know, there has to be more than this. Yeah. And that is where I encountered natural movement and all these new ways to see fitness. Because I was always curious and interested in how the body moves. But the typical gym trainer thing was never appealing to me. Yeah. Then, you know? Seeing people, oh, you're going to sit here on this machine and you're going to do this. And then from here, we're going to, this is like that, you know, that's not me. Yeah. But then through natural movement, it's like, okay, this is recovering how the body moves. Doesn't need to be at the gym. You can be at the beach running and lifting rocks and throwing stuff and climbing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's me. And that's what I say, okay, now this is my thing. Yeah. And I went deep and it is something that I'm going to do forever. This is what I do. One, I mean, back to what you said at the very beginning, where most people, they don't even know they have feet, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you remember a moment where you, that sort of woke you up to the importance of natural movement, but especially with the feet? Yeah, I think it's starting when I realized how little mobility I had in my own feet. Mm -hmm. Because when I started doing more of movement and there was, you know, if your feet are not as strong and they cannot move well, Right there, you have limitation. Right there, right at the beginning. So I noticed myself, it's like, oh man, like I didn't even know, but my feet are not as functional as they need to be to do all this stuff in a safe way. Right. So yeah, that was a big awakening for me. But the, the good thing is that the body adapts. Yep. The body give, is so cool. The body is really cool because really what we do to our body is like too much. You know, yeah. and we don't even, and also it's this stupid body. Now it hurts. Oh, my stupid knee. 
oh, my stupid shoulder. And he's like, man, if you will know how much your knee went through before start complaining to you, <laughs> you know? So it's like realizing that. And I realized, and I still, you know, but I always say there's always room for improvement. There's always room for improvement. And that's the good thing. It can be a bad thing because it's like, okay, we're not perfect, but still, if you put the time, if you first realize what it is and you start doing things for that, slowly you can start improving. And what I always say is to all my students, what I want is to have everybody at least from one to 10 to be a six all across the board. Got it. Okay, so you have balance or you're a six. Strength, you're a six. Mobility, you're a six. Flexibility, you're a six. Body control, coordination, rhythm, you're a six. That's great. Then if you want to keep going to a seven, eight, ten, yeah, let's go. But at least let's be all a six because that's achievable for all of us. So some of the things that you just mentioned are all related to natural movement. So there's strength, there's balance. There's. Um, can, do you remember which one, what you just laid out and how you want to, what you want to address for any of those other I don't, I don't know if I say in, in the order, but I say, I think probably I say uh, strength, yep. strength, uh, flexibility, you know, so stability. The, I didn't mention stability, but stability, people don't realize how important stability is. So in the, in the context of natural movement, especially for, let's use strength and then flexibility, Talk to me about what you do with people for those, because of course, when, you, when most people hear strength, they're immediately thinking lifting weights, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, first, when we're talking about the strength, is like, how well can you move your own body? Let's uh, forget about any object yet, but show me, okay, like the crawling. If you cannot crawl, well, you are lacking a strength in right. regard to body weight yeah. and strength. If you cannot crawl, let's work on that strength. That strength is not. Then, other things, I always want everybody to be able to move their own body with ease and control, right? Because you need to be at least strong enough to do things with your body in different positions, different angles. Right. Okay. Then it's like, okay, now you're going to lift something. That is next level, right? Because now it just knows your body. Now you're going to be dealing with an object. Okay. First, we need to have kind of like the foundations to be able to do that. Then you need to know how. because People have forgotten how to move. Yeah. So yeah, I can leave something and make it very efficient, or I can make it really hard on the body. So start recovering that. So then, okay, now you're moving, you have some control. Okay, can you do some hinging? You know, people have forgot how to hinge from the hips. Yeah. You know, it's a very super important movement. As I say, you know, the hips are one of the main engines. If you cannot hinge, you don't have that engine. So, you know, I think the, the thing with hinging... Or uh, it's funny, I've been doing a lot of things uh, backwards lately. I've been doing a lot of walking and running backwards. Ooh, that's great. That's it's amazing. Really that's fun. smart. That's yeah, smart. It's super fun. And what's interesting, I mentioned to my training partner that um, what makes it in part difficult is that we don't have eyes behind our head. So mm -hmm. same thing with hinging. We don't really know if we're using our hips well or correctly because we don't have eyes to see what we're actually doing or not doing. Yeah. So this is where you know having someone to... Yes, and that, for that reason, that's exactly what you're saying. And, you know, I see it even more in men because there's also something about moving your hips that uh -huh. is not so manly in a way. Did you find, is that different in South America versus in North America? A little bit, a little yeah. bit. Here, I think it's even more restrictions. With yeah, that, well, that's where I was. You don't move that way. So when I say, oh, let's hinge, they're doing everything except hinging. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, it's like American men have never done salsa. 
Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. But yeah. it's a, and that takes time to explain them. It's like, okay, we need the glutes. The glutes yeah. is one of the strongest muscles in the body. If you cannot hinge, you don't use them. And if you don't use them, you're going to use your quads yeah. for everything, you know? And the, and the hamstrings are going to leave left alone and they're going to be freaking out. So it's like understanding, and especially also everything that we do nowadays is right here in front, right? Right, right here right. in front. So that, for example, hinging, okay, if you cannot hinge, you're not going to be very efficient and lifting the couch. You're going to be very efficient and lifting anything because you cannot access those. Well, this is the thing many people don't understand is that a lot of back pain comes from having your glutes not functioning mm -hmm. to support your back. And so if you can't hinge, if you can't do a good hip hinge and use your glutes, then you're not supporting your back well either. Yes. And I mean, I have, I technically have a broken spine and the, I think my doctors are a little stunned that I'm still running or lifting. I stopped doing stupid things when I lift. I'm not deadlifting 400 pounds anymore. That was just dumb. I mean, it was fun, but kind of yep. dumb. But, <laughs> but I think what's keeping me going is that I've, my glutes are strong, my hamstrings are strong, and I'm always working to make them better. And if it weren't for that support of using that whole posterior chain, yeah. my lower back would be shot. Yes, and that's another thing. There's a lot of people that I think if they, they start doing MRIs to all of us, yeah. they're going to find so much, especially 40 plus. Yeah. All kind of things that are not how they're supposed to be, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, that doesn't mean that you can still function well if you start building the support and working around all those, you can still, like, you know, you have a broken back or issues in your spine, but you're still sprinting and doing everything yeah. because that is the thing that the people don't realize about movement. Movement makes your body more resistant too. Yeah. You know? And I think, to, again, backing up to things we said earlier, when you're looking at your body as just individual parts, that becomes problematic as well. I'm having a weird flashback to 40 years, a little over 40 years ago, back when I was a gymnast. And there was someone who said to me, well, you know, you have flat feet, so you can't be a gymnast. I said, but I'm one of the best tumblers in the world. So there's something wrong with your theory about feet. Because yeah. he was equating flat, you know, low arches with mm -hmm. lack of strength. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, the strength is the important part in that equation. And people don't recognize that typically. Yeah, yeah it's very easy. And of course, you know, when somebody hears a doctor saying that, most of the time you're going to really follow that. You yeah, know, that's no, what, what I did, I was 15 years old at the time, so this is 43 years ago. And my thought was, wow, you're a doctor and you're clearly a moron. That's amazing. That means that you had a lot of personality back then. It means that I was um, as obnoxious then as I am now. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say it out loud. I was just thinking, yeah. you know, clearly these two things don't make sense. You're telling me I can't do the thing yeah. that I'm doing. So something is clearly awry. Yeah. Um, and it's not an uncommon thing. So I want to back up a little. Actually, wait, where do I want to go with this? This is all really fun. I mean, I love this idea of just integrating these more primal movements into as much of your daily life as you can. Mm -hmm. um, sit on the floor when you can. I do that a lot, and I think about it almost every time I do because I realized that growing up, um, I never saw people sitting on the ground. I never saw people squatting. I never. I mean, I saw my dad sitting on the ground when he was trying to put together, you know, like a television stand, and it yeah. would always come out wrong. So he's got all the parts laid out around him, but otherwise, I never saw him sitting on the ground. Is again these things that. Uh society creates yeah we were talking before about the feet you know like or you don't show your feet well i walk barefoot most of the time mm -hmm. right or i use minimal shoes that's it but 
You know how many times people have told me and offered me shoes? <laughs> I know. No. Uh, so I, I go barefoot a lot. I was in Costco a little while ago. I tell this story often. <laughs> I was at Costco, and uh, one of the employees pulls me over and says, is everything okay? I said, what? Well, you're wearing shoes today. He'd never seen shoes. And been, you know, <laughs> but when you look at that, it's all make-believe, right? It's where yeah. we decide this is well, normal, and this is not. Well, here's what's, well, maybe it's the opposite. Well, here's what's so funny about the barefoot thing. So I live in Colorado. We're walking around barefoot. You know, people look at you weird. And every now and then if someone says something to me, which is very infrequent, um, I mean, people aren't thinking about you as much as, they, as you think they are. But if somebody says something to me, I've often said, if we were at the beach right now, would you find this weird? And they say, no. I go, just pretend we're at the beach then. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. You know, after the big earthquake, Colorado will be beachfront property. So just pretend <laughs> it's already happened. And yeah, we, we get so, so caught up in those yeah. things that it's like really like, what's the big deal? And I feel like that's another part of the thing that I like to incorporate besides doing what I do with fitness is just open your mind a little bit. Yeah. When we close our minds and when we think that we are right, we are missing out on so much. Mm. So just start thinking this, okay, this is like this, but I think this, and I like to put seats on people. And then it's like, go ahead with that. And then, you know, because sometimes we just take so many things without really reflecting about them or without thinking, you know, there's, there's a lot put on us and this it is, becomes the norm. Well, this is a very interesting thing, this idea of going back and doing these primal movement patterns and doing it and, you know, finding ways to be, have fun is interesting because you are, when you are learning these new things, doing these new, different things with your body, that does have an impact on the way you think about yourself and what you're doing. I was listening to someone talking the other day about doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And he says, one of the advantages about doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu is that you're always put in uncomfortable positions. And you have to learn to, yeah, le- to be able to relax and think clearly under very uncomfortable circumstances. And then you start noticing in your normal life, you're doing the same thing. Because you're in uncomfortable circumstances in your life all the time, and you can just feel like, oh, this life situation feels like when someone's about to choke me out, and I'm trying to figure that's, out. And that is, that I, is I amazing. That really. is, that's what it's like. We're missing out when we are only looking at movement just to change the way you look. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah There's yeah. so much more. For me, also, I'm, as a person, is I use it always at the, like the the entry skews, you know, okay, we're going to move. But with this movement, you can make so many other changes because mm. my mission is to make people's life a little bit better, mm. you know, but you can go, movement is a very low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Because as soon as, we cannot change everything in one day, right? We are like, but if you start incorporating movement and you open up, oh, I can move this way and I can do that. And then he's like, well, another thing that is very important is to sleep really well. Ah, okay. How do I do that? Okay. Another really important thing is to eat more naturally. Oh, so playing and people start shaping their days in a different way. And that is when it's like, okay, now you have a different life. You know, what strikes me as so important about this idea of playing, I just realized that it was a number, maybe 10 years ago, I can't remember exactly, is when um, they started doing things like adult kickball and adult, uh, what's the thing uh, where you're throwing a ball and trying to hit somebody? Dodgeball. Dodgeball, yeah. You know, they started bringing back these kid games and that was like a big deal for people. I remember back in my 30s, I was hired to work at a place that was 
they tried to call it the Club Med of the Northeast, but it was really just like summer camp for adults. Uh-huh. And I was like super excited about this because the idea of going out and playing, doing archery and riflery and target shooting and water skiing and all these things, for me it was all about play. I was a little surprised when I got there. It was just a giant pickup scene, which I was not. <laughs> as, uh, it's like, I want to go do things, eh, whatever. But so, you know, that playing thing is, is again, so hugely important. And, uh, and we, need, we need more of those things, you know, like you cannot just live always stressed out and busy. Yeah. Your life is more than that. And at least open up a space that you can have fun, express yourself in a different way, play, be yeah. silly. Bringing people on the ground is already a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at the beginning, they can be resilient to that. It's like, I don't go to the ground. But as soon as you start getting to the ground, oh, I used to do this when I was a kid. And right. this reminds me of this. And it's like, that is part of the process. It's like, you still are that. It's there in you. You just need to like allow yourself to do that. And at the beginning, it's hard. It's like, what is that? What is weird thing that you're doing? You know, it's like, Sometimes yeah. people say, like, yeah, I saw you. You do a lot of... People get curious. You're doing weird stuff on the ground. Like, I'm crawling. I'm, yeah. You know, it's like, it's not that weird. Maybe because it's me. If you see a kid, that's not weird. But it's me. <laughs> you nailed it. I mean, it is interesting that we, we're not only okay with, but we almost expect kids to behave in a certain way. But at a certain point, we think that we're not supposed to. When I'm teaching people about barefoot running, one of the things that I'll do is, you know, if we're out in a park, I'll say, so if you watch little kids run, just, they've just learned to walk. They're just learning to run. You see, they still got these enormous heads that are bigger than their body proportion. <laughs> and their head starts to fall and they try to catch up and they usually can't do it. And so I want you to do the same thing. Keep your arms by your sides, you know, let them flop as much as you need to. But I want you to like lean your head and then follow your head and then make your head go in weird directions and don't let your feet catch up to your head. And um, I guarantee after the first two minutes, nobody will be paying any attention to you. So just, you know, do it until you can do it for fun. And you see that transition from like, oh, this is weird. And oh, people are looking at me to suddenly just complete abandon. And people are just doing it and they're having, they're giggling and having a good time. And there's another movement thing that I like to do with people. I say, I'm cross your arms and they cross their arms and I go, now do it the other way. Mm. Yeah. They go, what? I go, I'll take off your pants when I'm not looking. And then when you, before you go to put them back on, notice which leg you're about to use and then use the other leg. So I like breaking up those patterns too. Yeah. Form of movement. We get, you know, the brain is such a, an efficiency machine. And if you find a way that is easy, it's going to go straight there. Yeah. It's, it's funny. The same, you know, when I start people, oh, let's, let's do this. They're going to start in the good side. I say, okay, now let's do the bad side. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I... As soon as I say something, it's so smart. Our brains, our body are so smart. Yeah. So smart. So we need to kind of like catch up with that and understand, okay, you're going to do this. Now let's do it this way. Well, you know, this is, this is a funny thing that I was thinking about recently. I've had a couple of people analyze my running and my movement lately. Some big people who are very well known. And I said, to them, and the only way I can do it is by saying this out loud to them. I say, I'm really looking forward to you finding out what I can improve and I really want you to look at me and think that I'm the best guy you've ever seen. It's a combination of, you know, I want to look good and I want to get better. And yeah. I think if you don't say things like that literally out loud to acknowledge the full reality. Like, yeah, and, it, and it's, I don't want to embarrass myself mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to by having yeah. you look at me and seeing things that I didn't see and yeah. I want to get better. It's an interesting combination. I mean, know, I, it needs to be a safe environment, especially yeah. for men. Again, women normally are more open and they're okay to be maybe 
don't feel that they're the best in the class. Right. With men, sometimes, you know, the ego is like they don't want to be doing something. If you are strong, Badly. you're going to go and lift because like the thing you're strong you know, at. If you are unflexible, you're going to avoid flexibility at all costs. Right. And it's like, okay, those are the things that you need to do more. The ones that you don't want to do is what we should be doing more. And, and we can sort of leave on this thought, if you will, that yes, you want to find those things that you avoid and find a way to do them and do it in a way that's enjoyable, in a way that's mm-hmm. fun, in a way that doesn't feel like a chore. Yeah. Not really, I think that's and it the- can be done in that way, with an open mind. Yeah. And also, again, you don't need to become a yoga instructor. You don't need to have that flexibility, but improving a little bit, it will free up a lot of stuff. Yeah. People sometimes think, oh, I will never be able to do that. You don't need to do it. Right. Again, go back to six. Can we get to six? Five, six. Because if you get to that level, and then when you get to certain level, it's very easy, much easier to maintain right. than to build, right? So if you can get to five, six all across the board, you're a really functional human. If you keep doing the stuff to maintain that, and that's what I say, age is only a part of the equation. Because right. if we do what we need to do to get you all across the board at six, and then we do what we need to do to keep you there, if you, of course, illnesses and accidents, but why you cannot be 80 and still be a six all around? Yeah. Why not? If there's, well, you know? I can tell you um, about 12 years ago, my wife and I were in Finland for the World Masters Track and Field Championship. I had a horrible race, but that's not important. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I cracked under the pressure a little bit. It was my first international race. That's a big, that's a big, it was, it was that's fun. a big event. I know. And uh, I wasn't used to, I mean, now it's not a problem, but you know, then I was new to sprinting. But the more important part was um, I hung out with a lot of the people who were 85 and older. And there was one guy who was 101 and he came out with his walker. He was having a hard time walking, but he did the, the field events. He did the shot put, he did the discus, wow. he did the javelin. And he would you know, come out with his walker. They'd hand him the shot, which I think made, you know, maybe weighed five pounds for that age. And then he throws it. It goes like 10 feet. And the entire audience goes insane. <laughs> Everyone was thinking, I just want to be that guy. I want to be that guy who's 80, 90, 100, who's still moving as much as he possibly, or she, in fact, because it was mostly women who were in the, 80, the higher 80s um, competing. I just want to be doing as much as I possibly can then. And what we're seeing is that as the baby boomers are aging, they're doing a little better than, mm-hmm. you know. I think we are. Yeah, for sure. Awareness of well, I remember growing up, you know, you said that you're 58. Yeah. I remember people at 58, they were much, much older. Oh, know? my God, yeah. Right? It's like we are progressing in that way. But um, it's doable. You know, there's yeah. no, like, it's not crazy. It's not unnatural to be able to get to those years. You know, it's, it's about what you do starting today. Yeah. And again, it's not like you're going to be as strong, as fast, as flexible, but that's not the important part. And I I love this idea of, you know, if you can just be an all around six, um, that's a great place to start. And, you know, that's a really important thing for people to come to Mm -hmm. is recognizing that. I mean, it's funny. I had a talk this morning with somebody who was a fitness coach and he was trying to sell me on his program. And I was just describing, you know, where I was. And I said, you know, I'm trying to lose that last seven pounds of body fat to get a better strength to weight ratio. And he says, I don't think I can help you because what I do is I get them to where you are. They'd be thrilled where you are. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, you're, you're in a different game. And I'm not trying to become the best in the world. I'm not going to be that. Um, I know the guys who are the best in the world. I, there's no way I'll ever beat them. But if I'm in the top 20, I'm pretty happy. If I'm in the top 15, I'm very happy. 
If I yeah. show up at a track meet at an international and national meet and they pull me in for a relay and I'm the slowest guy in the relay but we still do well, you know, I'm thrilled. So when I first started sprinting, my goal was, of course, to win everything. And then I saw the lay of the land. And then my goal is just to have people go, what the hell is he doing here? And then I win a race and go, well, how the hell did that happen? So, you know, it's just different goals. Yeah. As you start to, I guess maybe get a little clarity about who you really are as part of it, too. Is, you know, yeah, for sure. And your path is your path. And yeah. you know, yeah. But for me, what it is, is I help you get to that level that then you can choose. You know, so, because it's sad to see people that they cannot do any of those things. They're still very young. There's a lot right. of life left. And they start really like how I felt when I was in my 20s. That, well, it's downhill from now and there's nothing that you can do. Yeah. So that is what I want to change. That's like, Agreed. no. So if people want to find out how they can get your help to make these mm -hmm. kinds of changes and have this kind of fun, how would they find you and get in touch with you? Yeah, the easiest way will be to find me on Instagram. I'm at Barefoot Movers. Barefoot Movers, um, plural? Movers, I mean... Yeah, Movers. Yeah, because there's also, like, it's community, you know, yeah. Barefoot Movers. And also, if they want to check my website, it's barefootmovers.com. Perfect. Um, but, but Instagram is a great way because I'm trying to be active there, and it's a good way to start, you know, conversation. People have questions, I can answer right away. It's, it's a good place for that. Yeah, so... Well, as a friend of mine once said, when they asked him how to become a millionaire... He said, find a way to help people improve their life just a little bit and then ask them for a little bit of money for that. And, um, and nice. so I don't know what you're doing financially, nor do I care, but you're helping people move and enjoy their life a little bit more. And that's the important part. And um, I just want to thank you. And I, I just want to appreciate, you know, there aren't a lot of people who really, really understand the value of natural movement and ways of integrating that and ways of playing with mm -hmm. that. And so it's always a pleasure to meet someone new who does. Um, yeah, I really look forward to what I can do to be helpful. And um, um, so we'll have that conversation offline. Yeah. But, so thank you very much. It was a pleasure to meet absolutely. you. It was absolutely. a pleasure. Another thing that I want to say that is also I really appreciate people that do what you do. Oh, thanks. Because we need more people of doing things to help people. Yeah. I think if we change that mindset of I need to do whatever I need to do to make money. Right. It's like... That's not a good direction to go. And when yeah. I see people that they work really hard and they put a product out there because they want to help people, that is amazing. And that's what we need more of. So I want to recognize that on you. Well, thanks. I mean, I say, I'm say i never going to slight someone for deciding what they need to do to make a living and support their family. Mm -hmm. But I can say that you know, we hear from people every day who say things like, you changed my life. And that's what gets us out of bed in the morning. You know, okay. running a business is a very difficult thing, especially a shoe company. Yeah, um, I imagine, yeah. Early on. But the number of people that we've heard from whom we've been able to help, and starting with ourselves, I mean, we feel it every day. You know, that's what gets us going, and that's what makes it really exciting. And then again, finding more and more people like you who understand this, the more we can spread the word. Like I said, it's a movement movement yeah, and, very cool. and so getting more people involved in the movement part of moving that's mm -hmm. what's going to make it work at a certain point we'll hit a critical mass and a lot of this will just become more obvious to people yeah and it's sometimes it's easy to just give up because it takes time i would say earlier you know trying to educate people and tell them this is so much easier to just go with the main thing you know this is easy you want this i give you this in fitness it's a lot oh give them what they want so you're yeah. gonna have a and it's like no no. Well, you know, no. <laughs> uh, I asked a friend of mine, the, the psychologist who said, my friend who said, find a way to improve people's lives a little and ask for a little money in exchange. Mm -hmm. He also, I asked him once, do you want to give people what they want 
or what they need because you tell them what they want to hear and then when they get in you show them what they need to hear yeah and, and now it's not about being a bait and switch no. but people are like with footwear people say they want comfort great mm -hmm. well the way you thought you get comfort is not the way you get real comfort yeah. you don't get it from a bunch of cushioning and padding and elevated heels and pointy toes and stiff shoes you get mm -hmm. it from your body naturally and once people discover that it's like a giant wake-up call and so this is the thing across the board is the more that people can discover this new way of doing things that actually works you know again will hit a critical mass and it will become obvious again as it was before people started selling solutions to non-existent problems exactly yeah that's amazing anyway, all right well dude it's a total pleasure don't go while i sign off um, and as I'm signing off for everyone who's been on this, thank you. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, I love it. Yeah. If you want to find out more about what we're doing with the Movement Movement, go to www.jointhemovementmovement.com. You can opt in to hear about upcoming episodes. You can find the previous episodes. You can uh, find out all the places where we share our content on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you have any questions, drop me an email, move at jointhemovementmovement.com. You can use that for any recommendations you have for other people who you think should be on the podcast, including people who think I'm a complete idiot. If you know someone who thinks I'm totally wrong, I want to talk to them. Let's have some fun with that, too. And most importantly, though, whatever you do, please go out, have fun, and live life feet first. <laughs>